Welcome to Liquid Church Media. The message you're about to enjoy was originally delivered live at Liquid Church by Pastor Tom Kang. For more content, log on to liquidchurch.com or visit one of our campuses in the New Jersey metro area. Liquidchurch.com, where truth is relevant and grace wins. All right. Well, hey, everyone. I'm Pastor Tom, and I want to welcome you to a Liquid Church where spring has definitely sprung, and we are kicking off our brand new series, Samson, okay? And while we're at it, let's go ahead and give a shout out to those watching online, our New Brunswick Nutley campus. Let's give a shout out to them. Everyone watching online, those listening on the radio, good stuff. Good to have you here. So good, so good. But here's the deal. Okay, who exactly was this Samson guy. Now, I know some of you actually may have seen him outside as you were walking in. Some of you women are blushing. It's okay, all right? I know, I know. Very handsome guy. But here's the deal. Samson was actually not a bodybuilder, okay? Samson was an Old Testament judge. So here's the deal. You need to think less Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know, governor, and more Judge Judy, okay? That's actually where this is going, okay? In fact, Would you go ahead and open up your Bibles with me? Open up your Bible, okay? And I want to show you exactly where this is located. Turn in your Bibles to the Old Testament book of Judges. Judges chapter 13. It's found on page 175 in your Bible. And here you're going to see that Samson's birth was actually announced by an angel to his parents, okay? It's kind of like Jesus was announced by an angel to Mary. A Samson, same sort of deal here. It actually reads, Judges chapter 13, verse 24 says this, The woman gave birth to a boy and named him Samson. He grew and the Lord, what? Blessed him and the spirit of the Lord began to stir him. In other words... From Samson's birth, he was set apart, specifically chosen, actually, to deliver his people. These were the Israelites, the people of God. He was chosen to deliver them from the Philistines, right? Those godless people, his mortal enemies. In fact, the angel would go on to give specific instructions to Samson, to his parents. And the angel was like, basically, he was like, Samson, listen, you are so set apart to do the work of God that God wants you to live by what's known as a Nazarite vow. Now, I see some of you guys taking notes here. Here's the deal. If you're taking notes, the Old Testament book of Numbers chapter 6 has all that you need to know about this special vow. But for our purposes here, all you need to know is that a Nazarite vow was the way that a non-priest, just your ordinary Joe, your ordinary Jane, okay, your non-priest could actually set himself apart for the work of of God. In other words, a non-priest, if a non-priest was like, oh, you know, I love God so much. I want to give my life to actually serving God, to worshiping God, to helping others serve and worship God. So I'm going to live by a specific code of conduct, as it were. And there were three components to the Nazarite vow. The first was this, don't drink, okay? No Coronas, no Stellas, no Miller Lights. You can't even drink two buck chuck from Trader Joe's, okay? Nothing. Alcohol was not to touch your lips. The second component was this. Don't touch anything dead. 
You see, dead things were considered ceremonially unclean. If you were going to work in the temple of God, you had to be ceremonial clean, okay? So, so don't drink, don't touch. I had an aunt when I was growing up that would say this to me all the time. Don't touch! Don't drink, don't touch! That's what she would say. She was part Italian, part Korean. Anyways, the last thing was this, okay? Don't cut your hair, okay? Just let it grow. I don't know why, but Nazarites, they just loved big hair. This may be the reason why Tim is our lead pastor, okay? Just going to throw that out there, all right? Now, some of you may be wondering, okay, all right, I get that, but, but what kind of hairstyle was it? Wait, understand this, okay? Sometimes Scripture isn't exactly interested in the questions that we have, okay? So here's the deal. Scripture does not say what kind of hairstyle Samson had, but I can guarantee you this, okay? I can promise you with every fiber of my soul, with every bit of spiritual acumen and discipline and integrity I have in me, Samson never had a mullet, okay? It's just impossible. It's just, there's no way that Samson had a mullet, okay? It's just ungodly, it's unrighteous, and it has been throughout all of time, all of history. And everyone who agreed said... Amen, okay? If you're not saying amen, you probably had a mullet in the 80s. There's forgiveness for you at the cross, maybe. Anyways, Samson had long hair, okay? Now, you may be wondering, why? Why is this the case? Well, it's just like this. I want you to think of it this way. Uh, Just a couple of weeks ago, we had about 100 plus people that took the plunge, right? They took a step of faith into the waters of baptism. Well, what's baptism? Baptism is an external sign of an internal relationship, an internal commitment you have to Jesus Christ. This wedding band, you want to think of it this way? This wedding band, many of you have a wedding band right now. This wedding band is an external sign of an internal commitment I have towards my wife, Erica. It's an internal sign of the commitment that you have towards your spouse. That's what it was all about. Samson for the Nazarites, if you had long hair, that was a sign to everyone else that, you know what? I am setting myself apart for the work of God. That's why Samson did that. And we're going to see how later on this all ties in together. But for now, one of the reasons why Samson is so interesting to us is this. It's because if there was ever a real life superhero in the scriptures, it was this guy. See, because God would use Samson, this judge, this leader, to free his people, but he would do it by giving Samson this supernatural strength, right? In fact, a couple of clips from Samson's highlight reel would most definitely include the time where he literally tore apart, he ripped apart a lion with his bare hands. If you look in scripture there, it says, Judges chapter 14, verse 5, suddenly a young lion came roaring towards him. The spirit of the Lord came upon him in power so that he tore the lion apart with his what? Bare hands. There was chunks of lion meat all over the place. We're talking Mufasa Kilbasa everywhere, okay? Here's the deal, all right? There's another scene, okay? There's another scene. There's another time where Samson single-handedly struck down, think about this now, 1,000 of his enemies, not with a machine gun, not even with a sword, but Scripture says finding a fresh jawbone of a donkey, okay, he grabbed it and struck down a thousand men. <laughs> that is amazing stuff. But you know something? Here's the deal. Just like every single superhero, Samson also had his version of kryptonite. 
okay? This was like the one thing, the one thing that over and over, time and time again, would render Samson powerless. Does anyone know what Samson's kryptonite was? What was it? Women, yes, women, okay? In fact, later on, we're going to see how after a couple of failed relationships, Samson then falls in love with this other gal. Her name is Delilah, and so begins one of the most epic romantic meltdowns in all of Scripture, okay? But you know something? Here's the deal. Before we dive into today's passage, okay, because I want to get behind this this muscle man, uh, I need to introduce you to a very special, special guest, okay? Uh, He is here today at Liquid Church, okay? Samson is in the building. So can we give a big Liquid Church welcome to none other than Samson. Look at this guy. Let me hear you guys. Woohoo! This is, wow, that you are amazing. Dude, can you just do that? What, what in the world? My, oh, whoa, whoa, sorry. Take it easy. Uh, okay, so this is, this, here, this is Samson. This is absolutely incredible. Uh, Sam, uh, you, you haven't said anything. Do you, do you do you speak at all? Do you use words? You understand the words coming out of my mouth? Do you, does he you speak English? No. Okay. Oh, whoa. Okay. All right. Uh, all right then. Um, uh, it is Samson, right? I mean, do you prefer Judge, Your Honor, Samson? I don't know, Mister Samson. What, what, what do you want to be called? It's like what? Sam. Okay. Sam. Oh, man, a few words here. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, is there anything else that you'd like to share with us, Sam? Ooh, oh, my gosh. Is the camera picking this up? Just, I, you got to see, it was moving. Oh, my, what in the world? Okay. Uh, yes, you do have big muscles. We know that. Oh, okay. I want to actually try that. That was real. Oh, that's really cool. I want to try that. Can I try? How do you do it? Can you show me again there, right? Okay, so is the camera picking this up, this sweet action? I'm going to try right here. Here we go. <laughs> It's, no, it's the same camera. Oh, just try that. Okay, how about now? How about now? Can you, can you see it now? Can, all right, get out of here. Samson, hey, let's give Samson a big hand. My goodness gracious. Outra- Whoa, my goodness. Okay, I think I heard one of the ladies here. No, bring him back. Why can't Samson preach? Anyways, anyways. Do you know, seriously, okay, the, seriously, the reason I called Samson out here, and by the way, that was James DeNono from our Morristown campus. He is single, ready to mingle. I'm just going to throw that out there, okay? The reason I call him out here, he's a great guy, was because whenever we think about Samson, right, isn't that what we sort of picture, right? I, I mean, think about this. We, 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 when we think of Samson, we think of someone tall, dark, and handsome, don't we? Someone bulging with muscles everywhere. I mean, for heaven's sakes, if you're going to rip apart a lion with your bare hands, if you're going to beat on a thousand people with a jawbone, well, then chances are you probably look like someone that's about 6'2", 220, bulging with muscles, looking like he stepped out of a GQ magazine, okay? You're not going to look like me, okay? That's the thing, right? But here's the thing. This is the incredible thing. Because you see, nowhere in the Bible, nowhere in the Bible does it say that Samson was like this super, superhuman, you know, incredible bulk. It doesn't say that at all. Instead, just look back with me at some of the verses we already read. It says that when the Spirit of the Lord came upon him in power, 
he tore the lion apart with his bare hands. Later it says, when the spirit of the Lord came upon him in power, then he single-handedly slayed a thousand men with a jawbone. When the spirit of the Lord came upon him in power is when he collapsed the temple by pushing on the two pillars. In other words, what makes the story of Samson so relevant is that it's a story about the incredible things that God can do in the life of anyone. Man, woman, young, old, whatever, anyone, when the Spirit of the Lord comes upon you in power. And that's why the story of Samson is so incredible and relevant to us today. Because it shows us the truth of what God can do in anyone's life when his spirit comes upon you in power. So I got to ask, does anyone here need the spirit of the Lord to come upon you in power? You know, maybe it's, maybe it's your marriage. Maybe your marriage is stalled out and you guys are more like roommates than you are partners in life. Uh, maybe, maybe it's a health issue. I, I was just praying with someone after the first service. It's just, just cancer has just attacked this person's body. And maybe you need the spirit of God to come upon you physically or someone that you love physically and medically in a real way. Maybe your kids are just totally flying off the handle and you are just, you are rendered helpless. I need God's power. Does anyone here need the spirit of God's power upon them? Say amen. 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 Me too. See, folks, Samson is a story about spiritual power, not muscle men. It's not about muscle men. It's not about a bodybuilder. In fact, it's very possible that Samson may have looked like you or me, but when the Spirit of God came upon him, Samson was used by God to do some mighty things for the nation of Israel. In fact, Scripture goes on to say that he led God's people for 20 years. But you know something? You know what else the story of Samson is about? <laughs> it's also a story, a warning actually. It's a warning. A warning about how strong people become weak. Not from atrophy, not from a lack of working out, not from diet, but because of poor attitudes. Poor attitudes. In other words, Samson is a story about how even the strong, someone whom the Spirit of the Lord came upon in power, even the strong can still be made weak, even to the point of tragic death, as we'll see later on. And it all starts because of poor attitude. In fact, there are three specific attitudes that make any strong person weak, and I want to lay them out for you right now. It all starts with this. Look with me at Judges chapter 14. It says this. Samson went down to Timnah and saw there a young Philistine woman. Red flag, red flag, okay? When he returned, he said to his father and mother, I have seen a Philistine woman in Timnah. Now get her for me as my wife. See, folks, right off the bat, 
the first two attitudes that make any strong person weak are, number one, lust. The voice inside that says, I want it. I must have it. It is mine. Give it to me right now. And the second is its evil twin brother, entitlement. This is the voice that keeps saying, I deserve it. (laughs) It should be mine. I am due. This is my right. Give it to me because it belongs to me right now. Lust. I want it. Entitlement. I deserve it. These two things, these two attitudes go hand in hand to form a deadly combination. Because here's the deal, guys. What happens when these two things come together? (laughs) When a man who wants something, lust, and thinks he deserves it, entitlement. (laughs) When these two things come together, that person will stop at nothing to get it. I mean, if you combine lust, I want it, with entitlement, I deserve it, you'll stop at nothing to get whatever it is that you want. Logic, it goes out the window. Any sense of what's right and wrong, please don't give me that. The only thing that matters to a person whose heart has been gripped with lust and entitlement, the only thing that matters to that person is the object of their desire. It may be a woman, right? Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm lusting after her. Women, you are not off the hook, by the way. I saw some of the way that you were staring at uh, Samson over here, okay? But that, that's, that's what lust is. It, it may be a, a quick fix, a, a hit. I need the hit right now. It could be the advancement of, of a person's career. Maybe she's thinking something like, oh, you know, I need more money. I need more power. Maybe he's thinking, I need more influence, a better image, more respect. Whatever it is, whomever it is, lust and entitlement always say, not only do I want it now, but I deserve it right now. And maybe... Maybe that's you, right? I mean, maybe you've caught yourself, if you think about this past week, maybe you've caught yourself thinking at some point, maybe even this past week, things like, you know, you know what? I work so stinking hard all day. Don't I deserve a little bit of something, whatever that something is? You know, I've been slaving for so long. I've earned this thing. You know, I had a guy share with me just just the other day. Okay. He, he was sharing with me. How did he say it? He said, he said he feels like everything he does is always and only for someone else. He said, Pastor Tom, I need to meet up with you because I'm feeling all this. Everything I do is just always constantly for someone else. And, and then he went on to give some examples. He, he shared with me how about how he, he recently moved out of the city into the suburbs for his wife. He shared with me how he recently traded in his sporty coupe for like a four-door sedan. Thank God it's not a minivan, okay? That's where I'm living, but for a sedan, okay? 
He shared with me how he constantly, you know, spends extra hours, you know, working late. Everyone's gone home. He does this for his manager. He even shared with me, this is like the boo-hoo story, right? He even shared with me how he wakes up 30 minutes extra every single morning for the family dog. Everything is always for someone else. So he wanted to know. He was asking this very sincerely with a broken heart and all that. He's asking me very sincerely, you know, Pastor Tom, is it really so wrong if every now and then, not always, I'm not addicted, this is not like an everyday thing, but just every now and then, every now and then, just after a long week, after a project, is it okay if I just just look at a little bit of porn? Just not, not a lot. Not a lot. No, no one, you know, the kids, my wife, it's, it's really just to maintain our relationship. Is, is, that, is that okay? Can, can I just have this one thing, this, seriously, like this, this one release? Is, is that okay? I play by books all the time. It's just this one thing. That was Samson's attitude. Do you understand this? Samson went down to Timnah. That was enemy territory. That's where the Philistines lived. Those are the people that God was going to use Samson to deliver the people of God from. Samson actually walks right into their territory. And what does he do? He sees a Philistine woman. And what is his response? I've got to have her. Get her for me. I deserve her. Lust and entitlement. They are two sides to the same coin. But you know something? There's actually a third attitude that makes the strong weak, and it is called pride. Pride. Pride is the voice that says, (laughs) I can handle this. Relax. I've got this, okay? I don't need any. Would you just take a chill, okay? I'm in control. Just get out of my way. You know, you would think after 13 years, I would have this one nailed down. You think after 13 years of marriage to my wife, who is a saint, okay, that I would have this figured out. But no, no. It, whenever Eric and I, whenever we, we, we get into like a decision that needs, a big decision that needs to be made or something happens with the kids or there's a confrontation or there's some sort of challenge or something like that, I just automatically go into this default mode that thinks whatever I'm thinking is the way that we need to go. As a matter of fact, I start going, I'm, I'm already on step number seven before I even talk about it with my wife. Say amen if you know what I'm talking about. Oh, I'm the only one. Okay. Jeez. And that, that's pride. That is absolute pride. But now refresh my memory again. What were the three components to this special vow that Samson made? It was don't cut your hair, don't touch dead things, and don't what? Drink. Don't drink. So what exactly does Samson do? What exactly does Mr. Strong and, oh, I can handle it, don't worry about me. What does this guy do? Verse 10, look with me at verse 10. Judges 14, 10 says this. Now his father went down to see the woman. Why did his father go down to see the woman? The father was going down to see the woman to prepare a wedding, okay? The father goes down to prepare a wedding, and Samson made a, what's the word there? Feast, as was customary for bridegrooms. Now, you guys, you have to understand this. The word feast there in the original Hebrew is actually translated, that word feast there is the word mishteh. 
It means a party. More specifically, it means an occasion for wild drinking. Okay, do you guys see what is happening here? Samson is throwing himself a keg party. Okay, that's what's happening. I want her lust. I deserve her entitlement. And I can handle a little bit of Guinness. Pride. He's got all three. And this is what happens to the strong every single day. Over and over and over and over again. God, do you know that God gives, if you believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you put your faith in Christ, you accept his, his offering of himself for you, for your sins, did you know that God gives every single one of us great potential to bring glory to his name? Did you know that? That this room is filled with amazing potential that God has given you, and yet we think, more often than not, I'm strong enough. Oh, come on, man. I want it. I deserve it. I can handle it. I want it. I deserve it. I can handle it. That's what we think. And before we know it, we are made weaker than we ever could have possibly feared. And you know something? That is exactly how my friend Charlie felt as he shared with us just recently before we actually baptized him. Check this out. I conformed to this society that thought drinking and smoking was cool. So in high school, that geek turned into a party animal. I meet, I meet this kid, Mike. One day he said he was going to throw me a big party. Go to my dorm room to get all dressed up for the party and it's basically I see all my roommates and my RA just crying in my room and they told me that Mike passed away, that he committed suicide. Alcohol was now becoming a big issue in my life. After I got sober, after I went to IOP and, and, and got sober from drugs and alcohol, lust and pornography just took over my life. I'm dying inside from, from sinning every single day. I'm dying inside from sinning every single day. Folks, you just have to admire this young man's courage and honesty as he shared that. See, folks, when our attitudes scream, I am strong. I deserve this. I can handle this. When our attitudes are all about lust, entitlement, and pride, ultimately, we can't help but feel miserable because it's just like my buddy Charlie says. We're dying inside from sinning every single day. That's the deal. Now, I don't know. I don't know what that is for you. It could be any number of things, but I know this. I know that every single one of us here knows someone with great potential who has thought, oh, you know what, it's just, it's just one drink. Just, just give me the bottle. I, I can handle this. Give me the pill. Whatever it is, I deserve it. I can handle this. And before long, that substance handles him. 
Everyone in here, we all know someone who, who says again and again, oh, I want that boat, I want that, I want that car, I want that house, I want that toy, whatever it is, I deserve it. I can handle the payments. I see everyone else doing it. I deserve that too. And before long, she's drowning in a sea of debt. Or, or you know what, is it, is, it, is it that big of a deal? I just want a little peek, that's all. I, I can't, can't, can't she stay? We're kind of going out. You know, I really, I'm, I'm into her and everything. I deserve a little sexual whatever. And the next thing you know, lust leads them into a downward spiral. I want it. I deserve it. I can handle it. Friends, when you fast forward, okay, I'm going to give you a little sneak peek here. When you fast forward to the end of Samson's life, you're going to see perhaps the strongest man who ever walked the face of this earth, who from birth God had his hand upon and would, was promising to strengthen him for his purposes. You see that same man with his eyes gouged out and standing before thousands of his enemies as a spectacle for their amusement. See, because that's the end game of lust entitlement and pride that, that's where lust entitlement and pride do to someone who, who should have been used for bigger and better things it actually takes you down now i get it some of you may be wondering oh, you know pastor Tom, whoa whoa take it easy there are, are, you, are you like, are you, are you trying to tell me that, that I'm going to have like my eyes gouged out and, and, and look like a clown in front of my enemies? No, no. I'm telling you it could be a lot worse. You, you could find yourself in your 40s, 50s, and 60s and looking back at a failed marriage where you finally realize, oh, oh my gosh, it, this is mostly my fault. I, I can't believe, I'm just starting to see, I can't believe all the regret. Folks, I have talked to men and women. I have talked to men and women in this church whose own kids would have nothing, just no, absolutely nothing, no longer anything to do with their parents. It doesn't matter if it's, it's their birthday or, or, or Christmas or whatever it is. Whatever it is, They're just so tired of all the lies and the pain and the hurt. And to me, that would be worse than having your eyes gouged out, to have your own children think of you that way. What if you have to live with something like that because of the decisions that you've made? Folks, there may be a time when your private life, when what you think is concealed and hidden, there may be a time when that is actually exposed and brought into light. When, that, when your private life is actually made public and you're going to want to crawl into the deepest, darkest hole that you can find because that is where sin leads. But here's the deal. I'm telling you, it does not have to go down like that. If you are a follower of Christ, not only is there forgiveness for you at the cross, but I want you to know that if you are a follower of Christ, there is spiritual greatness within you. That with God's power, no matter what you've been and what you've done, you can be transformed. You can be made new. You are a new creation. You can live differently if, if you stop trying to be strong in your own strength. Because here's the deal, guys. 
Our spiritual enemy, I'm talking now about Satan, our spiritual enemy loves to make strong men weak. That's what he loves to do. That's what he's in the business of doing. But here's the deal. Our God loves to make weak men strong. Amen? Our God loves to make weak people strong. And our God is with you and our God is for you. And one of the first ways he does this is he examines your heart. He sends the Holy Spirit and the Spirit examines your heart. He checks our attitudes and he transforms lust, I want it, to devotion, I want God. He takes something like entitlement that says, I deserve it. And by the truth of scriptures, he shows you something like Romans 6.23. For the wages of sin is death. I actually deserve punishment and death for my sins. And that's honesty. I deserve death. And finally, he takes something like pride. Oh, I can handle this. This is no big deal. I can handle anything. And he opens your eyes to the reality of humility, which says, no, 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 I can't handle anything without God. Devotion instead of lust. Honesty instead of entitlement. And humility instead of pride. Samson's life is a great picture of how no matter what kind of amazing potential that God is giving you. Well, no matter how much of the Spirit's power may reside in every single one of us as a believer, much of how that actually plays out in your life, much of how that actually manifests depends on your attitude. And what was true during Samson's day is true for us today. In fact, I want to share with you, watch what happens to Charlie. When his own lust, I want it, turns to devotion, I want God. Watch what happens when his sense of entitlement is met with the honesty of Scripture and when his pride is broken into humility. God loves to make weak people strong, and that can only happen when we give ourselves wholly to him. I'm reading scripture and God is trying to tell me to stop. And the one thing that I have to surrender and the one thing I have to give up that I'm not letting go is myself. The word forgiven is something that I would never even expect in my life. But as I learn as a Christian, he forgives and he loves. I want to be baptized because Charlie's way is not working. I'm ready to give up anything that has ever held me back. And I'm ready to just, just cry out, Lord, I submit my sins, I repent, and I'm here to surrender. Having put your faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, we now have the privilege of baptizing you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.
stuff. New life through Jesus Christ. I love when he said, Charlie's way, it's not working. If only every single one of us here were so wise as to realize that, you know what? My way, it's just not working. Satan loves to make strong people weak, but our God loves to take weak people and make them strong through his spirit. And it all starts with an attitude check. So folks, I want to close by asking you one last question. You can write this down. What's one attitude holding you back from God's best? What's one attitude that is actually holding you back from the best things that God has for you? Is it that voice inside of you that says, you know what? I I don't care what's right and wrong. I I don't care about timing because I've waited so long. I want it now. I want it. It doesn't matter if it's less than best. I'll settle for that. I want it. It, Maybe maybe it's lust for you. Maybe, Maybe it's this attitude of entitlement where you honestly feel some way, somehow, you've had it programmed in your mind that you always deserve and only deserve the biggest, the best, the prettiest, the shiniest, and it's just all about you somehow. Maybe that's what you struggle with is this attitude of entitlement. Or maybe, maybe it's pride. Maybe you think, maybe you're like me, and you're like, you know what, I can wing this one. I, I, I don't really need to pray. I don't really need to seek God's strength and his, his wisdom and all that stuff. I'm just going to wing this one. I've got this. Just leave me alone. Let me do my thing. Maybe that's what it is for you. Life's been so smooth for you up until now, and it's just like, I can handle it. Guys, what is it for you? You know, I'm, I'm actually going to ask the band to come on up. And, and, and I've asked them to actually lead us in this last song because here's the deal. All week, I've been praying that this moment would be our prayer, that I want this band, as they lead us in this song, it's called With Everything. It's a song that we've heard and sung before. My prayer is that this would be our prayer to God because here's the deal. One of the first lines of the song is this, open our eyes. And so many times we are blind to ourselves. Other people, other people can see, but we are blind to ourselves. And so the first line is, open our eyes to see the things that make your heart cry. And the second verse begins, break down our pride. Break down our pride and all the walls we've built up inside. Now, don't worry, I am not going to sing this song for you, okay? Don't worry. We've already had Samson with it, so it's okay. Okay. But I would ask you this. This is, this is what I'm asking as a pastor. I would ask that you would take this time and go to God and ask him, ask for his spirit to search your heart right now and to pinpoint, to highlight, to, to sort of put the light on that one attitude that is keeping you from his best. Is it lust? Is it entitlement? Is it pride? Or maybe is it something else? Okay, let's ask God's Spirit to start searching our hearts. Let's pray right now. Heavenly Father, God, you're so good. And I just, I want to thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. I want to thank you that, that we can actually approach you and say, you know what, God, I'm weak. I can't do it on my own. I've tried so many times to do things on my own, and I can't, God. I need your help. And, and Lord, I thank you for your word that says that you love taking the humble and you raise them up in due time, that you take the the weak and you make them strong because, because you're strong, God. And I just pray that right now, right now, this moment, 
that your spirit would search every man, woman, and heart, uh, and, and child's heart in this place right now. That you would search our hearts by your spirit and show us what is the attitude that's holding us back from you, from giving you our all, Lord. And with everything, help us to worship you. With everything, help us to present our lives to you as living worship, as a living sacrifice. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to Liquid Church Media. If you were inspired or challenged by today's message, we hope you'll tell a friend. For more content, log on to liquidchurch.com or visit one of our campuses in the New Jersey metro area. Liquidchurch.com, where truth is relevant and grace wins.